Welcome to the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs podcast, a place for podcasters to learn what's actually working in the world of podcasting and how to use their podcast to generate consistent leads in their business. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited you're here. Hi, welcome to the show, Nadine. I'm so excited to have you here. So can you tell us a little about yourself and how you got started in the online space? Sure thing. Thanks so much for having me, Jenny. I, like so many copywriters, got into the field Yeah, through a lot of detour. I have a background in marketing, worked in the corporate world for a number of years, far too many, shows my age, and tried to work my way up the corporate ladder. I had big plans to climb the ladder and somehow kept coming up against this ceiling that in a male-dominated industry, I used to work in automotive. It was just impossible because jobs were given to people who buddies and I just wasn't getting anywhere. I loved the job, but yeah, really wanted more out of the job. And then ultimately, which was a blessing in disguise, was made redundant while on mat leave with baby number two. Bit of a shock to the system, but ultimately it helped me to reconsider what I wanted to do. And that sent me on a soul searching journey. So I never wanted to be a number in a system again, easily replaceable. I wanted to have more impact with the skills that I have and the storytelling aspect, finding interesting angles for products. And ultimately, yeah, wanted to do something for myself. Wasn't quite sure what I was going to do yet. Also got a full-time corporate gig in the meantime, because you have to pay bills, but yeah, decided to explore content marketing a bit more at the time. Social media still had organic reach and companies were loved the opportunities that came from it. So I thought, why not explore that more. It gives me that opportunity to explore my love for writing. And part of the course that I did had a module, it was a module on copywriting. And that's when the penny dropped. I'm like, oh my God, people actually pay people to write for them because they either don't enjoy it, they don't have the time to do it, or it simply doesn't come naturally to them. And that's when I set up my side hustle while working full-time in the corporate world. And also at the time being pregnant with number three. So I had my hands full, but I was so determined to make this work. Found my first few clients, worked at night and at the time as well did everything for everyone. So social media captions, blog posts, whatever people came to me with, but ultimately quickly worked out that email copy and website copy really was where I wanted to go. And yeah, explored that further and took course after course with copywriters that were just a few steps ahead of me and went full-time in my business in late 2020. So during the pandemic, I just thought, you know, why not? I'm not dumb. If anything happens, I can always go back, get a full-time job. But I've never looked back. And since then, I have yeah worked with so many amazing women-led brands in the service space, also in the product space. And I just love the impact that I'm having. And we're working together as true partners and helping them grow their business. And often my customers are in the same shoes. They were made redundant or they just really didn't love what they were doing. They wanted fulfillment as a mom. And so it's really personal for them to find someone that can really bring their story and their passion that they have for the brand out into the world. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. And now I'm yeah based on five stunning acres on the outskirts of Sydney. And that's where I chase my three kids when I'm not in my copy cave. I love that. Yeah. So two things you mentioned, you mentioned that you went full-time in the middle of the pandemic and so many people did that. I found, mm. I started my business 
back in 2016. So I've been here quite a long time, but I feel like a lot of people really came in that 2020 wave, which was so cool to see all these people coming online. It was really inspiring and seeing so many people just say, I'm done with this. I'm tired of living like this. Let's go all in. So it was really cool to see that happen. And yeah, I also like that you mentioned you like you started copywriting, but you weren't doing just like one thing. You're doing copywriting for a ton of different things. And that's how so many people start. They start really broad and then they niche down. And I think that's kind of how you find your footing. Cause you know, if what if you committed to something and hated it? Yeah, um, totally. <laughs> and I think doing a bit of everything really helps you work out what you love, yeah, what you're good exactly. at, and what you want to explore further. Right. You don't regret doing any of the things. Plus, by doing all the things for everyone, I found so many clients that I now yeah. support in my speciality, the email and website mm-hmm. copywriting. Our relationship has evolved together right. as well. Yeah, you wouldn't have met those people without having that broader focus. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I feel the you same know, way. our brands have evolved together and grown, which is always lovely, lovely to see that those relationships yeah, grow over time as well. And coming back to your point, your excellent point around so many women going online during the pandemic, I just love the online space mm-hmm. and how many opportunities it, it opens up for, right. especially women, because it's so flexible. You can work on your own terms, much more family friendly and really allows you to bring out those special skills that us ladies yeah. Yeah, and that are often crazy. are undervalued by by the corporate world, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And being in the online space gives you the opportunity to meet people who you're not even in the same country as me. So I know. It's super cool to be able to like connect with people. Like you wouldn't really have that opportunity otherwise if you didn't have your own business because it's just yeah, yeah. you might have someone who works in another country at your corporate job, but. It's I feel like huh? I feel like I'm connecting with people from other countries, other states every single day, not just once in a blue moon yeah exactly and the opportunities that come to work with people in the u.s in europe it is awesome yeah you don't have to be like oh i just work with people in my home country you can work with people wherever which is really cool and it i feel like it's made me grown as a person too because i can i've learned so many different cultures and different things that i probably wouldn't have thought about if i never broadened my horizons and started a business yeah absolutely Yeah, so I'm really excited to have you here today because obviously this is a podcast about podcasting, but a big thing about podcasting is knowing what your audience wants from you. You created the podcast, not just for your own selfish need. You created the podcast because you wanted to serve your audience. So I'm really excited to talk about how we can use our audience to help us create a better podcast and obviously in turn make more profit along the way. So I'm really excited about this. Can't wait to dive in. So first up, let's like dive straight into audience research. Why is that so important for podcasters or business owners in general? Yeah, it really should educate everything you do in your business when it comes to how you show up, the offers that you create, the way you service your dream customers, the way you market, the way you attract them into your world, the way you create podcasts. It really is the basis for a business that organically attracts people that are ready to buy from you. Because as you said, you don't want to create a podcast that fills your own cup. It's all about yeah, using your time strategically and using your podcast to warm your audience and move them that step closer to being ready to buy from you with every episode. And audience research really allows you to do that super strategically. So audience research helps you come up, for example, with topics 
that speak to objections, pain points, desires that, yeah, are super relevant and that keep your audience up at night. It also helps you, for example, pick perfect fit guests. So people that, yeah, are relevant as support services, complementary services to what you offer. And that, again, might be that missing piece in the puzzle for them to be ready to work with you as well. So it helps you pitch guests and also decide which pitches to accept from people who pitch you. It also helps you with format, length of episodes, so all the things that are so critical for creating a podcast that really speaks to, yeah, that ticks all the boxes. But beyond that, I know we're talking podcasts, it really helps you shape a business that is sustainable long-term. And it also helps you make your copywriting, your content creation, your marketing so much easier simply because you know them inside out and you can tap into those yeah those thought processes the conversation that is already happening in their mind and I am a massive fan and deliver audience research as part of every project that I do with my customers so for example I work with a lot of companies or business owners who already have their own existing podcasts. So they've launched it, but sometimes they're simply stuck with topics. You know what it's like when you've been podcasting for a while, it is hard to come up with new stuff and fresh ideas. And often what I find the nice side effect of doing that research and actually asking their customers or even their online audience, their podcast listeners, what they want and what is happening in their business. It not only educates the copy that I write for them, but it helps them organize a content bank of topics that they can then use for their podcast in the future. And uh, yeah, often there's a big aha moment, the penny drops <laughs> and they go, oh my God, my audience can actually do the heavy lifting for right. me and come up yeah. with content topics, guests, etc. So it is super powerful. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, it's just really important to put out stuff that they want to hear because if you're not putting out content that your audience is interested in, they're going to eventually drop off. Sure. If there's like one or two episodes that they're not interested in, they might stay subscribed. But if it's week after week after week, stuff that they don't care about, you're not doing anyone a service. You're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing them a disservice. You're doing your guests a disservice. Like you're just not, it's not worth it. So I love the talking about your audience because like, it's so easy to get ideas from them, but people don't think about it. They think it's all based on them trying to figure out it on their own because it's their podcast, but like crowdsourcing those ideas, that's part Mm. of the reason your audience is there. And a lot of people don't realize that that is the case. So exactly. It's copy. Same thing. People think their website is about them. Really? (laughs) It's not. It's about your audience. So it's carrying on that theme in your whole business and creating with your audience in mind at every point. Yeah. And of course, like if you're producing a podcast, you have to enjoy what you're talking about. So if your audience is requesting a ton of stuff you don't want to talk about, okay, fine. (laughs) Sure. Don't do it. But like, you know, at the end of the day, if you're marketing your podcast properly and stuff, you're what people are presenting to you as options for you to talk about on the show probably is going to align well. And you're going to get all these ideas that you probably would have never thought of before because your audience just gives them to you. And it's just so easy. So what are some of your like favorite ways to do this audience research for our podcast? Yes. I'm a big fan of surveys. So if you are, if you have a podcast, likely you are already established, you have your own business, you have customers to ask, asking your own customers about what's going on in their business. Their customer journey is super strategic and helps you again, go deeper into objections that might've been going on in their mind before hiring you. Those things that keep them up at night. So the pain points that they're coming to you for in the first place, the transformation that they're looking for, 
how they have previously, for example, tried to solve their problems as well. So all those things are yeah, super valuable for topics to then tick them off and help your audience overcome them before they become a problem in the purchasing process. And the good thing is with surveys, you can absolutely automate them on your backend. So your onboarding process, your offboarding process can do all that for you by asking strategic questions that capture that particular mindset at the right point in time. Also love jumping on a phone call, a quick conversation with the customers, but you can also invite your listeners to complete a survey and then handpick a few listeners who were very generous with their answers, who had a lot of interesting angles, new perspectives that you might not have explored and simply ask them for a 15 minute chat in return to 15 minutes of your time for them to pick your brain. And a lot of the time, there are so many golden nuggets that come out from those conversations, not only in terms of topics, but also in relation to the language that they're using to talk about those problems. And that then allows you to incorporate that language, not only into, for example, your episode titles, your show notes, but also in your website copy in general. So really speaking to tangible problems, transformations, desires that are floating around. Yeah. yeah. So that would be my two top things. Obviously, talking to your audience takes a little bit more effort, but it really allows you to dive deep and go to that next level. Yeah, I agree. And I always preach to get your audience involved. And like on this level, on this deeper level is really important to do. But even like on a weekly basis, like if you have two episodes that you already have recorded and you want their input, like which one you want them, like which one do they want you to release that week? You can literally have them vote like on Instagram stories or something, have give them both topics and have them vote on the one they they like and whatever one wins then you can air that one too so you can even do simple things like that to get them involved Mm. it doesn't have to be just like these big research projects but that's a really fun way to get them engaged and excited too but if you want to learn more about i i always recommend doing like something like a listener survey is what i call it i have an episode it's episode 263 and it's all about listener surveys so if you want to learn what to include in your survey i have a really great episode about that for you guys to check out So that's episode 263. But yeah, just asking your audience, like it doesn't need, some of your questions can be deeper, of course. But I also like to ask them like, what podcast do they listen to? Because it's really interesting to know who are they learning from other than me, right? And I've seen some really interesting answers that I'm like, then I can go see, check out those podcasts if I've never heard them before and things like that. And I've gotten so many amazing topic ideas because I ask them like, what do you want to learn more about? And then They'll tell me like exactly what they want to hear. And I'm like, well, I've never had this topic before. And I've been running the show for three years. Like, how did you come up with this topic when I've been trying to get ideas for three years? It's just crazy how your people will come up with the stuff that you would have never even imagined to have Mm. on the show. So, And I love how you're voting idea because it gives them accountability and input in your show and they feel emotionally invested. They feel involved. Yeah. Yeah. They have the power to to shape the content. It's not like you're having to sit there and record a brand new episode. It's two episodes that you already have. You're just letting them pick if it goes tomorrow or if it goes in five weeks. Yeah, so clever. So I want to know, like, what is your kind of best piece of advice for getting to know our listeners on that deeper level and really helping them go from being a really engaged listener to actually like 
pulling the trigger and buying something from us, because I know that can be a really hard thing for people to do. They have these really loyal listeners, but they just kind of sit on the fence. Mm. So I'm a big believer in the strategic customer journey. So again, using all the research that you have done to come up with a lead magnet that is just so irresistible that people have to sign up. And once you have them on your list, you are able to nurture them with more value, more relevant content that helps them overcome those hurdles, those mental things that they need to tick off before, before booking a call with you to explore working with you. And again, it's about making your audience the center of everything you do. So really put yourselves into yourself, into their shoes. What do they need to be ready to buy from you? What can you do to give them quick wins today? And then yeah, come up with a strategic email sequence that moves them into your world, introduces you, why you do what you do, how you can help them and how you can get them that transformation that they're hoping for. And if you then show up regularly in their inbox with relevant topics, relevant content and extra value, ultimately when the time is right, they are likely to trust you because you've been in their orbit forever. You really seem to understand them because you've done your research and you're the next logical choice to to help them solve that problem. Yeah, I agree with that. And I always suggest that our clients and our students lead people to their email list because a podcast is a really great way to get information out to the masses, but there it's just there's no really community element about it. There's not like a little like a Facebook group or anything involved. You have to push people elsewhere. So to your email list, to a Facebook group, to your Instagram, you have to push people elsewhere so you can actually figure out who they are because when you see the data, it's a number. You don't see, oh, Jenny from South Carolina is listening. Okay, there's 50 downloads on this episode, but you don't know anything else about those people. So you kind of have to push them elsewhere so you can get to know them better. They can get to know you better. And it's actually a human instead of a number, which you already mm. know. It's all everyone's humans, but you don't know who exactly they are until you push them elsewhere. Yeah. And once you have them on your email list, you can also strategically use segmentation to mm. work out why they're following you, why they're right. listening to you, what they're trying to get out of it, then dish up super relevant, hyper-specific content. content. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's super powerful. I agree. Yeah. I think, I think kind of the podcast is like the top of the funnel and then you're just pushing them down until they become a buyer. And sometimes people will stay, stay listeners for years and they might get on your email list too. And they're getting kind of double dose of you. So they're getting your podcast episode every week, plus an email every week that is not necessarily about your podcast episode. So they're getting both sides of that and then kind of helps speed up that buyer process. Whereas if they just stayed a podcast listener, it might take them a little bit longer to actually invest because they're not hearing from you as frequently. Yeah. And it's all about consistency. As with mm -hmm. podcasting, you need to show up regularly and show up reliably. And same with email. It's just knowing your audience needs to know that you are going to be there no matter what. Yeah. And whenever they're ready, there's that opportunity for them to work with you and get your genius on their business. I agree. I think it's really important. And a lot of people I've seen don't really think about it that way. They're just like, oh, I have this podcast and I'm putting out this content, but no one's like, buying. And a lot of the time, the reason that people aren't buying is because they're not giving them the opportunity to buy. They're just putting out this free content. They're not leading them anywhere else. It's just it's a dead end. Essentially. It's like you go to the podcast, you listen every week, but they don't talk about their offers and people tend to not think about putting their business and their podcast together. They usually treat it as two separate entities when it really should be funneling one into the other. Yeah. And by selling and mentioning the way 
people can work with you, you're really doing your audience a favor because right. you're not pushing them to buy from you. You are just giving them the opportunity to exactly to yeah. make that choice if it's right for them and yeah. whenever they're ready. If you um, don't talk about yeah. it, people don't know that you have it. So you need exactly. to talk about it. It doesn't mean you need to do an ad segment for your services every 30 seconds, but telling them that it's available is really important. Mm-hmm. And I think as women, we struggle with this a lot is really just, we feel like we're being way too salesy, even if we only mention something like once. So we shy away from it completely, but yeah, the only person yeah. you're hurting is you and your listener because they can't buy something they don't know exists. Exactly. And it's that confidence sometimes with (laughs) women I find even copywriting, the amount of customers that come to me with amazing stories, amazing talents Mm -hmm. and amazing achievements and nowhere on their current website do they actually talk about talk about yeah yeah, you you have to like pull it out of them to get it on there. Yeah. It's I've seen that too. They refer to themselves as run this little business, this little side hustle. I'm like, there's nothing little about running a business. You are doing <laughs> don't dim- amazing. Don't diminish it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get it out there, but that's where often I come in to help them just go, oh yeah, actually, no, I'm doing something. Yeah. Obvious. Yeah. And that's where your audience can help as well. So if you ask them what made them choose you, for example, as a podcast manager, it's it's going to open your eyes to all your fabulous talents that you bring to the table and it makes it a lot easier for you to own your genius yeah when someone it. else is saying it instead of because yeah. because people can feel like they're like being braggy or something but it's like you're not bragging you're just sharing what you're good at that's okay as women mm-hmm. we need to be okay with that because no one's yeah. ever going to know what we have to offer if we're constantly afraid of talking about it <laughs> totally totally so get it out there yep. share it 100 yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, so the last question I like to ask everyone that comes on the show, because this is a podcast about podcasting, what is your favorite podcast or podcast? Like, what are you listening to right now? I've got a few on the go, but my absolute favorite at the moment is by my fellow copywriter, Iman Ismail, Mistakes That Made Me. And she releases a season at a time, biting high profile online business owners onto the show to talk about, yeah, a big stuff up that seemed detrimental, terrible at the time, but in the long term actually served their business and shaped their business in you know, more ways than they could have imagined at the time. And yeah, Iman has just a real gentle way of talking, interviewing, and yeah, the conversations are amazing. And um yeah, it can really teach you a lot about business ownership and that mistakes really are just lessons in disguise yeah Yeah. Mm. it doesn't have to be the thing that completely derails you exactly yeah Yeah. I will make sure to link that down below I want to go check it out myself so yeah (laughs) so it sounds really interesting but yeah can you tell us where we can find you online so your social media or your website or whatever you want to share yeah sure thing so if you want to drop over, say hi, please do so on Instagram. You can find me there at can do content. You can also hop over to my website, candocontent.com. And if you want to see how I turn audience research and all that strategic work that I do with my clients into website copy that actually speaks to the core of that audience, you can also sign up for my free over the shoulder tutorial where I take you through the whole process so you can swipe those strategies as well. And yeah, I'm going to leave you the link to to link it up in the show notes as well, Jenny. Yeah, I will link that all for you guys. I'll link her Instagram, her website, and also that for you guys. So yeah, thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Thanks so much for having me, Jenny. 
If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and leave a review. You can find us at SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com and on Facebook at Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs and Instagram at Savvy Podcasting. Make sure to join our free Facebook community for podcasters by going to SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com slash community and join in on the exclusive community just for Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs listeners. I'll see you there.